White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow, Charles has been, has put the White Sox ahead. There goes number 400, the big Brad Burley takes the perfect game. His second no-hitter. You can't put it on the board. Yeah. Can it go? Grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Have all the fun you want, Tim Anderson. This one is... Locked on socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to south side of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey. And the best White Sox talk is on Locked on Socks podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked on Socks. I am Herb Lawrence. With me, as always, is Chris Tannehill. We are apart today because one of us is getting back from vacation. One of us is going on vacation. Chris, how are you doing and how was your vacation? I'm doing great, Herbie. Thank you for asking. Uh, you know, people may think, uh, you know, these guys get vacations from, from doing the Locked On Podcast <laughs> Network. I mean, that's a pretty nice gig if you can get it. Well, no doubt, uh, you know, doing these, uh, you know, anywhere between one and three podcasts a week uh, when they're not playing. It can get pretty stressful, you know. Sometimes you just got to get away. So, yeah, but, yeah, I went up to uh, Leelanau County in uh, northern Michigan. They call it it northern-southern Michigan because it's, like, at the bottom part. It's in the mitten part. It's not the upper peninsula. So it's, you know, if anyone Mm -hmm. knows, it's Traverse City area. Leelanau County and oh boy it was just a, a great breather you know we, we, we had an Airbnb with a pool it, that way you know because we weren't quite at a place yet where we were comfortable with going to a beach or going out to a lot of restaurants that didn't have outdoor seating so we got the place with the pool and we talked about this a lot leading up to it off the air but that pool was uh, was 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 much needed, and it was great, and the whole family had a great time, and ate like a champ all week, and uh, you know we we still lived our lives, had our masks on, were very responsible. It is kind of a weird thing, though. Still, I, I got to admit, like this COVID nineteen. I don't know if you heard, Herbie, but it, it's not <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Uh, it's here to stay. I think at least until uh, the beginning of twenty twenty one. But yeah, it, it was just a good time, mainly just to be off social media, and that includes White Sox stuff. I was pretty, pretty caught up with things as they stood before I left last Friday, uh, and then of course we got some big news today, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, are we all packed, ready to go for San Diego? Yeah, I only packed one backpack. Courtney got me this backpack that's kind of like a suitcase last year, um, and so I packed that full of like ten shirts and couple shorts some underwear and some socks and i'm out was one of those shirts was one of those shirts the locked on shirt i just got mine today waiting for me uh when i got home what a spiffy uh, piece of attire yes it was i I saw that the other day i think it came in my mail yesterday and i was like all right green bay packer colors but whatever it's free it's a good shirt i'm gonna wear it outside probably out to san diego on the road up there but this is episode number 44 before we get too further i got four guys it's really close that i can name this episode we can name this episode over uh do you have any guys in particular that you want to lobby for today 
Well, I think what I'm going to do is th- there's a couple of very solid candidates. Just let me first mention Dan Pasqua, who sported the, the double fours from 88 to 94. Dan Pasqua, if you were a young baseball card collector and you were looking for White Sox cards in your in your baseball card packs, it, inevitably Dan Pasqua was always going to be in that pack of cards. <laughs> so, like, he was that first guy that I remember, like, you know, seeing in that White Sox jersey as a young fan. Like, you know, he had those big big python guns and you know he looked like a slugger out there and i was like damn pasqua mm-hmm. that's my guy right there like as as a young Sox fan like in the, in the pre-frank thomas days like he's got to be a great player he just looks it he has that look of a great baseball player so i man, i automatically think dan pasqua the 44 but also i think i'm going to make my case uh for wimpy the wimperoo tampa chork because he was uh, a part of the the winning ugly division winning team and just an enjoyable part of my childhood when he was uh, sitting in the booth with Hawk for all those years as the color analyst for the Sox. And so I'll always have a fond place in my heart for Tom Pachork, who's actually one of the very few guys that I would want to talk to on this podcast, I think. Every time I hear him, uh, I just smile. Mark Zepchinski. Yes, that's exactly the way you pronounce it. I know, Hawk, you're waiting with bated breath as to what is a Zepchinski? It is a turnip. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> well, my my name is Little Prayer. A bee. There's a difference in Little Prayer and a turnip. <laughs> it's a turnip. I'm sorry. That's his genetics. There is Kevin Smith positivity pouring you know coming out of his pores and he just exudes white Sox baseball and for me happy memories what do you got for 44 well those two guys were part of those top four and then the other two guys were chet lemon which i never saw play but people tell me he was decent i think a center fielder for the white Sox in the late 70s early 80s and then of course the jake meister Yes. Chet Lemon, mostly known for being a Detroit Tiger, but he did have uh, five years with the Sox. And, and the Jake Peavy thing is an interesting one because I you remember how excited we were when they when they traded uh, for Jake Peavy. And it didn't just, really give up that much. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Parada, right? Was, was he among and others? Cl- Clayton Richard. Right. Clayton Richard, yeah. Aaron Parada. And I remember we were just so excited because – there was that he wanted to play with the Cubs, so we're like, oh, we, you know, we're going to show him how great it is to be on the South Side and this and that. And it's forever burned in my brain that image uh, of him throwing that pitch and tearing his latissimus uh. dorsi. I think is the the, the name of yeah. the ligament. Um, and that was just one of those things that's just burned in your brain in terms of the, the last decade of of putrid White Sox baseball. It's it's Jake Peavy shaking his arm as if it was going to fall off his body at, that one night at U.S. Cellular. Yeah, Jake Peavy is part of two big White Sox trades, Aaron Pareda, Clayton Richard, and Adam Russell to San Diego for Peavy and Dexter Carter, who I'd never seen play. And then we traded him away almost to the day, like four, day, four years after on the day, to the Boston Red Sox, got back Avi from the Detroit Tigers and Cletus Rondon and a bunch of people, Frankie Montas, who has a cup of coffee in the major leagues, and J.B. Windekin that was, was a also big on the trade. White Sox. Jose Iglesias going from the Red Sox to the Tigers in that trade, that was that was a big deal. That that felt like that was like the, the unofficial – 
that was the soft launch of Rickon's rebuild. <laughs> the, yeah, the, and, the Avi Garcia Meister, trade. And the Jake Meister got a couple rings out of that, I believe. I think he got two or three rings. I know he got one in San Francisco. I know he got one in Boston. So, yeah, the Jake Meister was out there doing things. I think he got two in San Francisco, actually. So, it worked out well for him. Things uh, in his post-playing life haven't been great. But, you know, Jake Meister battled back. Yes. Uh, circle- As he always knows to do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, circling back to Tom Pachorek, uh, being sort of like one of these clown princes of baseball type thing. Did you ever see that the, the Seattle Mariners when he was a Mariner, the funny nose glasses bit? Do you ever remember seeing that? I think I did vaguely. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little more about it. So the Mariners, they were doing this, uh, you know, dugout jacket promotion, right? Where they was going to, they were going to hand out jackets to the, to 30,000 fans or whatever it was. And Tom Pachorek did the commercial. Hi, this is Tom Pachorek of the Seattle Mariners inviting everybody to come on out to the kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners funny nose glasses night. Be the first in your neighborhood to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not funny nose glasses night. It's jacket night, Tom. Jacket night. Yes, every kid 14 and under gets an official Mariners vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket? No nose. No funny nose glasses. No, I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. You know, you can picture the... It, it sort of looks like, uh, you know, the, the, the glass with the big nose and the mustache yeah. uh, modeled after Groucho Marx. Mariners fans were actually pissed that, you know, it was just a, a comedy bit and they didn't actually do the funny nose glasses. They were so pissed when they got their jackets, they were like clamoring for them to actually do the funny nose glasses. And they did a season later. Uh, it, it was quite quite an ordeal. Uh, Renee Latchman, their manager at the time, came out and he he had the funny nose glasses on, and all was right with the world back back in the early '80s when things were a, a lot more fun. But uh, yeah, so Wimpy, I always uh, have have good thoughts for Wimpy. So what are we gonna do? We got to make a decision here. Is it gonna be Jake I'll, Meister I'll or take, Wimpy? I'll take Wimpy because of the both contributions for with the playing and also the broadcasting. So Wimpy will be this episode. I I that's all I'll go with your vote. That, right. That's a good solid 40, 40 vote. That's a good way to welcome me back from vacation. Just have everything go my way. I appreciate that. All right. So uh, before I left last week, there was some news coming out of White Sox camp. And I want to talk to you a bit more about what's going on at White Sox camp in a second. But here's what White Sox general manager Rick Hahn had to say about Michael Kopech not reporting to the 2020 summer camp. Michael Kopech is not currently here. He has been excused with permission from the club uh, to not report today so that he can attend to a personal matter. At this time, I do not have a timeline or a time frame for his return. And given the personal nature of the matter he's attending to, I won't be providing updates until we know the actual plan uh, for Michael going forward. Uh, given the time we're living through together, I will uh, share the uh, question. It's probably or I try to answer the question. It's probably now at the top of everybody's mind and just share the fact that currently Michael is healthy. It's, it's obviously never ideal when any individual is dealing with uh, off-field matters. It's uh, easy, I suppose, at times to lose fact, uh, sight of the fact that you're dealing with human beings here. People have lives, people have families, people have all the same assortment of uh, items to attend to that each and every other individual has. And this is obviously a very unique time we're all living through. So uh, again, it's not ideal, but 
fundamentally, we're looking to put all our players in the best position they can be to perform and maximize their abilities on the field. And if there's anything standing in the way of that, we're going to provide them with whatever support and resources they need to help address those matters. So that was Rickon last week. And anyone who can put two and two together had a feeling that the possibility of him not showing up at all in 2020 was certainly on the table. And then, of course, today we find out this. Michael Kopech will not play in 2020. This is from Rickon's press release. We recognize that reaching this decision is incredibly difficult for any competitive athlete, and our organization is understanding and supportive. We will work with Michael to assure his development continues throughout 2020, and we look forward to welcoming him back into our clubhouse for the 2021 season. What was your initial reaction when you found out the news about Michael Kopech as it broke later in the uh, in the Friday news dump today? Uh, happiness, actually, because he's putting either his health and or his wife's health as a priority, as number one, which he should do. As I've had reservations for this thing playing for since its inception, when they said they're going to come back during a pandemic, which we haven't controlled at all i'm in favor of everybody pretty much sitting this one out but since they're gonna play let's do some uh let's do some uh, watching of baseball games but i applaud him and whoever is making the decision with him for doing this thinking about his own health thinking about his own family's health and not risking injury firstly and secondly any type of uh COVID scares, anything like that. I'm, I'm in for any player who's sitting out this year. And, and I know Michael would have helped us out. And like I had the plan with him and Ro, either Rodon or him and Lopez splitting up a stat or starts with a tandem start. But if he could just get right either way, like mentally, physically, whatever his ailment is, get right. And if it doesn't work out, I want the person, Michael Kopech, to be healthy. He seems like a great kid with his head on straight, but he's gone through some mental cha- mental health challenges. And I want the player to be good when the person is actually good. So be fine at home. Be at peace with your decision. This is a great decision. Your teammates will have your back. And most Sox fans I've seen on social media have had 100% um, support for Michael Kopech. They just want the best for him also. Yeah, how could you not? And you strip away all of it, and there's a lot of rumors out there, and I'm sure things will be revealed in due time and possibly even by the time this podcast posts, a lot of people speculating on, on what his, his reasons may be. Uh, we won't get into a lot of, of those here today, but when I just think about someone in his position, right? So he gets Tommy John surgery, and he deals with everything that comes along with that, the the physical rehabilitation and then above all the mental rehabilitation you know what it did for him when he makes his his debut for the Sox in 18 and 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 he comes out strong and you know he's got everything everything's built up you know you're watching I was there uh, that night of his first start and just the electricity that was in the ballpark and you take that hype with the highest of highs and then all of a sudden you have the lowest of lows and and he has to have Tommy John surgery even if you have no other variables, be it at-risk family members or things like that, people that you're living with could be at risk. You take away all of that, and at the very bare minimum, you're looking at a guy here who's put it all on the line to get his body and his mind back 
to a high level. And we saw him perform at that high level in that one inning earlier this spring. And if I'm him, I'm certainly not going to throw it all away potentially and put myself at risk of, of contracting the coronavirus because, you know, you put all this time and effort into getting your mind, mind, body, and soul back to 100%. And all of a sudden, you're just basically rolling the dice every day that, that, that you are on a team plane, anytime you're in a ballpark. You're just basically rolling the dice where you could contract the virus, and there's so many things that we don't know about it. It could impact your your physical well-being for the rest of your life. You know, some people, they have no symptoms and, you know, they, they get it and they don't even know they had it, but some people it not so much. So, you know, they, they get it and all of a sudden they, you know, they have still problems breathing and, and tasting, smelling to this day, you know, people that got it in March still say, you know what, I'm still not quite right. So for a guy that's, that's put everything, you know, a professional athlete who's put everything in to investing in himself I don't think he, he, he owes anything to the White Sox fans or the White Sox at all. He just he has to take care of himself. I totally support him in this decision. I know that's not a, a super hot take. You know, I, I think that's you mentioned it earlier, you know, it's, it's universally accepted across White Sox social media that everyone's happy that he's making this decision. Sure, we all wish he would be out there pitching and because I think he would give the Sox a better chance at competing this year but who even knows if they'll, if they'll finish the season you know I, I want this team to be ready to rock 2021 and like you said I low-key wish that everyone in baseball would would come to the same decision you know not everyone can people are in in different financial circumstances some people just just like playing the game and this I read from James Fegan in the Athletic today. He says, "Quote: Multiple sources told the Athletic that Kopech has not been deemed a high-risk individual for the COVID-19 pandemic, and will thus not receive salary nor accrue service time for the 2020 season. When he reports the spring training in 2021, he will do so with one season and 41 days to his name, at least five years away from free agency." So if you're worried about the long-term impact of this, uh, it's going to impact Michael Kopech more so than it does the organization. Basically, it's like putting your 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 d- development on pause uh, if you're Michael Kopech. So the, the Sox are not going to be on the hook for you know, any service time issues, and he's just going to have to deal with that. Like That was a major part of this as well. Is he's, he's more than fine to not have – uh, you know, to, to, to deal with the financial impact of this as well. So he seemed like to be a guy who knew everything about himself and was going to make the right decision for Michael Kopech. And I'm totally cool with that. And we hope everything works out for him and we hope to see him back on a field in 2021. Yeah, this is a sad, sad uh, circumstances for any person that has to choose between their home life and what they do professionally. So Michael Kopech, like anybody who grew up playing baseball, who does a profession, probably loves the game, loves being with the boys, shooting his shit, whatever, and having a good time with the guys. But also he loves his family. And that comes number one. And, you know, I know all the guys who are playing also, their family comes number one too. But I think for some, it's like, you know what? Is it worth it for me coming off an injury to risk another injury? And secondly, to expose myself to this deadly virus out here. I've already 
uh, known to have mental health issues. I don't want to add another one onto it, worrying about me, then worrying about my wife, worrying about my father, my my mother, all these other people in my life. Um, let me just sit out for my own peace of mind, for my own life. I got probably 60 years left after this season i don't want to be shortened just so i can play a 60 game baseball season where i'll probably pitch like seven times i'm good it's a smart choice by the kid i i'm so glad that he seems like i think mcneil said it when you guys had him on your show he's wise beyond his years and this move uh speaks to that it speaks to a guy that doesn't have a lot of money i mean he might have made a nice bonus when he did get signed out of high school, but he doesn't make real money. He can't just live off the money he's made so far as a baseball player. So this, uh, this salary, no matter what it is, would have been a nice bump for him. And like you said, the, the service time will be messed up. So he has to wait another year to get to free agency. I think the kids like bump all that, my health, my health of my wife and everything else involved. Is much more important, especially now, than anything. And I'll see you boys later. We'll got you. Peace. And no matter what profession you're in, I think betting on yourself is always the the most important investment you can make. And if he comes out in 2021 and and has a, has a good season, you know, I think the Sox will will lock him in long term because he is you know without barely being out on the mound, he's becoming one of the faces of of this franchise you know he's you know, that comes with being a highly touted prospect in the chris sale trade he's it's part of it and i saw some red sox fans you know uh, along with the news about moncada being on the injured list uh, not you know could be 10 days away from re- reporting to camp a lot of red sox fans on social media were sort of using this opportunity to say hey we won the chris sale trade well, congratulations but this thing you know it's not the time or place but i thought that was encouraging when i logged on to twitter for the first time in about a week and I searched Moncada because I hadn't heard the update on him and there was that that people spewing those bad takes but back to MLB and, and COVID testing last week 31 players and seven staff members this was as of Friday July 3rd tested positive for the virus and the consensus on social media from uh, the the baseball uh, big foots out there were like, oh, this is good. This is a great day for baseball. Only thirty eight people uh, tested positive for coronavirus. Like that's a weird way. And I know you know when you talk mm-hmm. per- percentages, that that's fine. It's you know it certainly could have been worse. But I thought that was funny how it was sort of celebrated. It was it was a big day last Friday when only thirty eight people got the virus. But Mike Trout came out and his wife is pregnant. He says, quote, honestly, I still don't feel that comfortable. It's going to be tough. I've got to be really cautious these next couple weeks. I don't want to test positive. I don't want to bring it back to my wife. It's a tough situation we're in. And I can't imagine, you know, I I still have a lot of the anxiety when, you know, when you go grocery shopping for your family, when you go mm-hmm. pick, up, pick up a food order, you know, you go pump gas, you know, things like that. And, and I know we know more about this virus than we did back in March, so we know it doesn't live on service, services and things like that, you know. But still, anytime you, you come in contact with a person, you get nervous. Imagine being on a team bus with, like, you know, at, what, 40 other guys with, with, with coaching staff too? You know, that, that's got to be uh, a definitely a weird situation if you're a baseball player, so I don't uh, blame any of them uh, for opting out. They could all opt out for all I care, and it would be, I'd be cool with that. But we had James McCann on the station today, 
uh, on mm-hmm. the McNeil and Parkins show, and Danny Parkins asked him a great question. I know we're very early on in this process, but do you feel safe? It, that question for me, um, it it's day to day. Each day, I, there's growing optimism with me. Uh, if you had asked me two weeks ago, I, I would have said there's no shot. Um, I think our, our first hurdle was the the intake testing, and um, I think we crossed that hurdle. I think the next hurdle, the, the next real big hurdle, in my opinion, is uh, what happens when we start traveling from city to city. Um, and honestly, it's on us as players to, to hold each other accountable and to make sure that uh, away from the field we're, we're, we're being smart because at the field, um, you know, they, they've done a good job of, of setting us up for success. If you, if you follow the, the protocols at the field, you're, you're going to be good. It's, it's what's happening away from the field that uh, you know, we need to make sure we stay on top of. So James McCann says his safety is a day-to-day situation, and I thought that was great honest stuff from him and he's becoming one of the great quotes certainly in the Sox clubhouse and and you got to feel for him in that situation but when you when you talk about your your long-term health and how it's day-to-day that's scary stuff right there I mean I just got back from vacation myself and we kept it pretty safe but there was still a couple situations where I was like uh I don't know looking back if I would have done something like that you know maybe I'm just paranoid but I'm going to get tested tomorrow just to make sure everything is cool and mm-hmm. I know you got your test results today, right? So congratulations, Herb. You are yes. negative in the positive. You're positively <laughs> negative. I saw that. So, but, you know, I, I'm going to go get tested tomorrow. And I couldn't imagine. And this is only because we went on a boat uh, on in the uh, Grand Traverse Bay, right? You go on this on this sailboat and they, they space everyone out. And they were talking about all their safety precautions. And everyone was wearing masks even on a boat outside, hot temperatures. But still, you're like, that was like the first time I recall being with groups of people that were strangers, basically. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about that looking back on it. It was a great day out on the water, and it was a fun time for the family and I, but it's definitely top of my mind as I go get this test tomorrow. I'm like, it's if I get a positive test, it's going to be because of, of that, most likely, or, you know, like it's, it's likely because of that and not some chance encounter when you're, when you're inside of a grocery store where everyone's got masks on. This is, it felt like, you know, a normal activity. So I guess there's some guilt going along with that. But again, mm-hmm. it gets back to, I couldn't imagine being on a, on a team bus or plane surrounded by a bunch of other guys who you have no idea what they're doing in their spare time. Yeah, that is the thing. Um, James kind of spoke to that a little bit. Your health and your family's health and people who they come in contact are in the hands of your fellow teammates, coaches, and support staff when you go on the road. That's what he said. The next test will probably be the going on the road type of thing. Like, that will be, like, let's see, there's 30 guys on the team this year at the beginning, then the coaches and the support staff. So let's say 50 guys. You got to just worry about it staying in their damn hotels, not interacting with anybody outside of the hotel. Because it's not like the NBA bubble where they have rings and they're, like, looking for if anybody breaches that and there's a hotline to get your ass caught if you do leave the uh, bubble. This is your free reign. You're a grown adult in St. Louis or in Milwaukee or in Minnesota. You can go out and do your thing if you want to. But no, if you bring... That back to the club, 
you're going to put a lot of lives in jeopardy. So that has to be weighing deeply on these players' minds. And if I was a player there, I would have no uncertain. I would say unequivocally to every single person in that, stay your punk ass home. When we go on the road, stay your ass in the hotel. Then we go to the game and then back to the hotel. We do what? This is two months. If you can't do it, the door is right fucking there because this is life and death. And they're making us play here. I mean, not making us play. We had the choice, but I chose to play because I want to play baseball. So my health and my family's health is in your hands. So do not fuck up. That type of stuff. If James McCann does that. Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, somebody on the team's got to say that other than Ricky Renteria. A player's got to say that forcefully and let motherfuckers know that this is not a game. You want to get your freak on, do that shit after October. This is serious. We're trying to win a championship and we're trying to stay healthy. So let's let's stay the, let's stay the course and let's make sure that we're playing baseball. And that's our only focus this two months. And I wish it were that simple. Like you, you, you break it down in that context of of a baseball team and sort of everyone looking after the guy next to them. But I wish it, it stopped. It began and ended there. But as we all know, it, it's not going to. I mean, this is something that people, you know, clubhouse attendants, not singling them out, mm-hmm. but you know, umpires, like you know, people who are outside of that fraternity of players, it's on them too. And that's why I'm skeptical about this whole thing working out. And baseball is such a mental game where having a mental edge is such a big part of it and, and each individual getting themselves in the best headspace. I don't see how anyone could enter 2020 on opening day and be like, you know what, I'm in a good headspace and, and I'm going to perform well this year. Like I, I, I worry about them crowning a champion. I worry about teams being able to, to field complete teams just on a day-to-day basis. I worry about all of it. But, uh, you know, one thing that I guess will be lucky if we're only talking about the quality of play, but I don't see how the quality of play also doesn't get affected by this because of the mental aspect of the game and, and how these guys are basically going into work every day and with high levels of anxiety. So that, that'll be one of the many things that we'll sort of watch. And and the players will tell you, you know, they're, they're getting more and more vocal, which which I appreciate. And along the way, you will, we'll find out sort of what what's going on in between their ears as they actually get into the meat of it and they and they have to travel on the road like he said and, and play actual games where you feel like you need to be at an advantage mentally when we're going to work and i know for myself when this first started i was so anxious and i think i had a panic attack in the middle of the night I couldn't come to work the next day that's just going to work with at the time Ray, Rick, you, and the guy at night. People, pretty much all the same people that had the same type of situation with a significant other at home who works from home and that person coming into work every day. That was all. And I was like, are we going to get this disease? Are we going to get this virus from the same people doing the same things in the same building, in the same space? And I was freaked out. I couldn't imagine having to worry about 49 other people and while on the road traveling doing all these things like you got to depend on so many other people to be on point and i trusted you guys and, and of course you guys are 
You guys are good, upstanding people who didn't want to send diseases back to their own house. So you trusted me. So I just, like you said, it has to take a huge level of trust for these guys to have between each other and make sure that everybody is safe. It's good that the White Sox only have two reported cases of COVID so far. And since they've been in camp, they've all tested negative. So keep this energy with them. Keep this energy with all of 30 Major League Baseball teams will be in the house, get this thing over with, and let's make sure that 2021 is an enjoyable, relaxing season where we play regular games. We we laugh about 2020, not laugh about it, but we're like, man, damn, that was really <laughs> fucked up year. Herb, you're you're but, a sick bastard. You're going to laugh about this year? Good Lord, man. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, man, oh, is that 2020? Wasn't that a thing? God damn. Uh, how about 2021? The White Sox competing this year. That'd be great. That type of thing. Uh, and and yeah, we're going to get to 2021 also. Like. We're going to talk about that 2021 schedule in the next episode, and I'm irate, but we're going to get to that. Yeah, exactly. All right, so for Chris Tannehill, I am Herb Lawrence. This is Locked on Socks. To reach us via email, it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnSocks. Our individual Twitters are at Chris Tannehill and at Herb or actually not at Herb Lawrence, it's at ActorWall23. You can't reach me at Herb Lawrence. Some jerk stole that a long time ago. and doesn't even tweet anymore. What a dick. ActorWall23, <laughs> it's Lawrence spelled backwards, 23, Robin Ventura. And we're on Instagram at LockedOnSocks, and also our regular names, Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Before we get out of here, make sure you tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Fantasy Baseball. That's right, Fantasy Baseball is still going down this year, and with the short season, it's going to be crazier and more fun than ever. So you're going to want to make sure you're up to date with everything Fantasy Baseball related on Locked On Fantasy Baseball. For Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to episode number 44, Tom Pachorek of Locked On Socks.